Hello and welcome to the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. I'm your host, Nick McGowan, and on this show, my guest and I unpack the stories that shape us and the lives that we lead on our path to self-mastery. Today on the show, we have Eric Hamadi. Eric has been an insurance agent since 2003, but he was in seminary before that. He got kicked out, and that's just where the story begins. Well, that leg of the story, at least. He now has over 200 field agents paying out over $20 million worth of commissions annually. And he works with each of those people to become better agents, better people, and better communicators. So we get into his backstory and many of the juicy stories in between because that's what this show is all about. But let's not wait any longer. Let the games begin. Eric, thank you so much for joining the show, man. How you doing? How's it going, Nick? It's good to be here. Yeah, man. I'm glad that you're here. I know we uh we met through a group that we're both part of that I guess is affiliated affiliated with some other company that sets up little meetings. Right. Which I might sound a little weird, but that's about what it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, we've got it's a like... group that they're they're basically our podcast team that helps us with different things. And uh they set up some sort of service that basically just connects people. So I met with Eric. We had a great conversation. Eric, you seem like one of those people. And I don't know if this is just uh your personality type or if I'm kind of akin to these type of people, but we can easily shoot the shit and just get into conversation. I think we yeah. were scheduled for like 15 minutes last time and it was like an hour and a half later. An we're like, hour, oh, I know it was long. It was long. <laughs> it was like, it was like one of those, you know, speed dating gone wrong. Right. It's like, this is not, this is not fast nor speedy, but it was good. I mean, no. time flew. Yeah. And I think it went, it went well, you know, I've actually done the speed dating networking thing before where people will sit down, you have a couple oh, totally. minutes and never been somewhere. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, Hey, we should talk again. There are others where I'm like, Hey, I think time's up. They're like, I just sat down. I'm like, I know, but <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, but I can see you when ask me about up. fava beans. <laughs> yeah. Your time's up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Key it's about time for table. you to go. <laughs> Thank you for getting that reference. Yeah, I got you, man. Uh, <laughs> Good shit. Uh, cool. So, Eric, why don't you start us off? Tell us uh, what you do for a living and one thing that most people don't know about you. Yeah. So, I, uh, I've i had my insurance license actually since uh, 2003. So, that's almost 19 years of, of being an insurance agent. And, uh, but uh, also an entrepreneur. So, like, I've owned a, a you know, I've owned a bar, a restaurant. I've, uh, you know, ridden my motorcycle across the country. I've just done a lot of just crazy stuff. I had a web development company, just always trying to like, find ways to be of service, you know, is kind of my, uh, you know, what, what, that's what turns me on is, is, is pouring into other people. And, um, so, uh, yeah, one, uh, one thing people don't know about me, um, let me think about that for a minute. So yeah, we've got we, we, the insurance agency focuses on, uh, life insurance, annuities, things like that. Um, and we work with agents all over the country. So it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Cause like, it's not geographically restricted. I get to travel whenever I want. It's, it's, that's nice. So, okay. Well, I was, um, I went to seminary. So that's something that a lot of people don't know. Uh, cause I, I, I swear like a sailor. So you went to seminary. Yes. I went to seminary and, uh, I, I've, I've read my Bible cover to cover multiple times and I uh, was going to go into the ministry. And, um, but they expelled me after two years. So I, <laughs> so, for cursing at them? For, <laughs> no, I, I was, I had, a, I had a pretty clean, uh, actually, I actually went to, uh, when I was in college, I had this internship that I went 
door to door in the summertime to sell uh, books, like educational books, door to door. It was like a sales internship, straight commission. It was crazy. I mean, we had it was all cold calling, no leads, no, no just like they'd drop you off in the middle of nowhere, and you'd go, you know, cold call for the summer. And, uh, and I made a ton of money. It was like, I was number two rookie in the country. I think like in three months I made, like I, I saved, my check was like over $20,000. It was crazy. And, uh, it, it, when you're, when you're like 19, that's like a lot of money, you know? And, uh, yeah, I was like rich. And, uh, and when I came back, I, I, I started recruiting, you know, agents, uh, to like come and do it with me the next, the next summer. And the seminary that I was at had this policy. You could not leave campus overnight. So you had to, it, whenever you left campus, you had like this little card and you would have to get a pass. Like even if you were going to go to McDonald's or the mall or uh, back then we had Blockbuster, you know, like, so you, you had a, you had a pass, you had to sign out and you couldn't be gone overnight unless you were staying with your parents uh, or like some like close family, like an uncle or something. Right. And so my parents lived in, in Texas, I was in Florida. And so I, uh, I got invited to this. A fall recruiting event that it was like only the top people from the previous year got to come back for this thing. It was like, you know, was, you get to hang out with the president and, you know, like you, whatever, but it couldn't go because like I didn't have any parents there and it was an overnight thing. And so I called my folks and said, Hey, uh, you know, is it cool with you guys if I go to this thing? Like, you know, I'm gonna have to lie and say that I'm not, I'm going home, but you know, um, and uh, my dad, so funny, he's like, well, I mean, are you asking me to lie for you, son? I'm like, no, no, no. I just, you know, like if, but if they call to check and see, you know, if I'm there, because that, that's the kind of thing they would do is just my, as a favor, could you just say, oh, he can't come to the phone or something where it's like, you know, because I can't come to the phone. That's true. You know, it's just not the whole truth. Sure. And so I, my dad was like, he was, he was just so proud of me for what he was like, yeah, son, I got you. You can do that. It's fine. And so I went to this recruiting thing. It was a blast. It's just a great thing. When I came back. Uh, I went to bed and the next morning at like four in the morning, the RA came into my room and like woke me up just like, like, uh, you know, the, the, the movies with the Nazis in it, right? Like just exactly <laughs> like that. Right. And, uh, my, I found, come to find out later, my roommate had, uh, ratted me out. And so they, uh, they expelled me for, uh, breaking the honor code. That's, oh, man. that's my big story. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> There's a lot that we can get into with that. It- yeah. Unpack it. So, <laughs> yeah, I want to. One, I want to know if your roommate survived. Oh <laughs> you yeah, just put his head through a wall. I'm like, well, Jesus is kicking me out. Might as well yeah. kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. Well, you know what's funny is like, so he he actually. It's funny you asked that, man. I hadn't thought about him in years, and maybe like uh, two years ago, I, I looked him up, and he has started a ministry since for what he calls spiritual victims of spiritual abuse. Which I think is really interesting because it's all, it's the idea mm-hmm. of people today who use religion. Obviously, you can use anything. It's not a dish against religion. But you, people who specifically use religion, use the church as a method of control and uh, manipulation. And, uh, yeah. and just he sh- he's, he's been very vocal over the years, apparently, about uh, – you know, how he was manipulated and felt like, you know, abused and whatnot spiritually and finally has come out of that mm-hmm. and understands what, you know, it is to to love and, and be okay, you know, and that kind of thing, which uh, I thought it was interesting. So I reached out to him. This was maybe two years ago. And I just said, hey, man, I just wanted to – and he was like, oh, man, wow, how's it going? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I just wanted to call and like just uh, – I, I like to call it like uh, – completing with people. Like sometimes you just have something that's just incomplete, right? Like it's not sure. like, it's not right or wrong. It's just, uh, 
not done, you know, yeah. Yeah, like we've got unfinished business. You need to come outside. <laughs> right. And, uh, but it was cool, you know, cause we just got squared away. I was just like, Hey dude, you know, like I, I was, I was pissed, legitimately pissed at you for a long time. And, and, uh, and then I just realized like, you did me a huge favor. Like uh, that was not yeah. my path and I was not meant to be there. And, and at the end of the day, like whether it was you or something else, something would have happened hopefully to, you know, knock me off that path. And it just happened to be you. And I, you know, uh, I'm grateful, you know? And, uh, yeah. And then he he was able to respond in kind. It was very cool. And so, um, yeah, he did survive. He's good. Man, that sounds like a sweet moment, you know, to be able to go back. And not something you would have done as a teenager or an early 20. You'd have been like, oh, that guy. You oh, know, totally. Like, 100%. Got kicked out and all oh, yeah, that. I wanted him dead. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But to be able to go back and be like, you know, reflecting upon things, I appreciate what you had to do or, you know, whatever. And kind of being, you know, making amends with that. And it's... uh. It's an interesting thing, though, because people will do that sort of stuff, and it's not just on your mind. I would assume it's also on theirs. You know, I've had, I had a situation that happened to me years ago where a good friend of mine had to kind of tell on me, in a sense, at a company I worked at, and then, like, an hour later, he saw me walking out with a box, <laughs> and he was like, oh, shit, sorry yeah. about that. Consequences. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and at first, I mean, it, my, my head was on the chopping block, so they were looking for something. Um, and I, at first I was pissed and mm. I remember calling him maybe like a week or two later, cause we were closer friends. And I was like, man, this sucks. I'm really pissed off, but I feel like half of me is like, you're totally good. And there's mm. like this weird hurricane going in my head where I want right. you dead, <laughs> but I love you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yep, it, I feel that. And he and I are both Christians, so we shared that as well and had sort of those conversations. But I want to touch on on that, like uh, the cursing as a sailor, because I have different people that bring that stuff up to me. So I've been Christian since I was uh, 19 or so. I think before that, I was a complete misanthrope, hated everybody about everything. <laughs> what a great word, misanthrope. I'm going to borrow that for later. <laughs> Please, it's a 50 cent word. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, it was one of those situations where I had gone through being at a church, and I was a musician, so it was easy for me to just play in the band at church. And I told people for years, like, if I didn't play in the band, I probably wouldn't go. But that was kind of God's message of like, hey, I need you to go there, and you need to play guitar so that your ass has to go back every Sunday. There and then you, you have to go six times every Sunday, or, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, but I remember there were times where I'm like, I want to have actual real fucking conversation with somebody. Sure. And I don't ever direct curses at people. I mean, yeah, every once in a while I'll do, but mostly in jest <laughs> at this point, you know? Right. And it's like uh, it's like adding flavor. But I think there are certain people that are in the, um, in the Christian realm, and it may not even just be a Christian thing. It may be a religious thing where they have to put on this mask. And I feel bad for those people. You know, mm. I, I was one of those people for a bit. Did you kind of experience that as well, especially in seminary? Yeah, totally. I think it's a, uh, but you know, like even outside of faith circles, I think there's an epidemic of people who are obsessed. I mean, most of us are obsessed with looking good, you know, whatever that, whatever that looks like to, to us, you know, but like, so in that context, it's, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't swear. I don't drink, at least not in public. You can't catch me, you know, <laughs> drinking. I certainly don't smoke. I don't, you know, date, you know, people that are not, you know, fit this mold. Um, I remember, uh, years ago I was, uh, I was dating this girl who was, uh, I later, I married this girl. It's my first wife. And, uh, you were talking about being divorced. I'm like, yeah, I was divorced once and I got remarried. And, uh, and, uh, you know, it's so funny cause it's like the, the relationships you have with people 
you know, sometimes people are like, uh, oh, you know, how, how could you be married to two totally different people like that, you know, or, or now that I'm, well, well and like, like I, I'm still really good friends with my first uh, wife and like, and so, I mean, we went through our period where I couldn't stand her obviously, but then, you know, like hey, I value the contribution you made to my life and like, and, and I, like enough to where I would like to, let's stay in touch with each other. And, um, but I remember her, uh, we, we went to, uh, we were visiting this Baptist church. Uh, we're trying to find a, I, I, and just full disclosure, I mean, I don't really go to church anymore. And uh, not that I don't believe in going, but I just, I've not found one where I walked in and actually felt like, uh, wow, I could, I could, I could hang here. I could worship with these people, whatever, you know, I just, have, I have, and that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And I'm, and, I, and I'm not really looking that hard for it. Uh, but it's, it, but it's been something for me that's like, uh, back, back then I was looking for a church. And so, and I was dating her, I grew up Baptist, she grew up Catholic and, um, we were visiting this Baptist church it was here in Austin and we, uh, you know how like they do small groups sometimes. So like for those of you guys that don't know, if you're watching this, so small group is basically you have like a, maybe a Sunday school class has like 30, 40 people in it but it's not really effective for communication because the 30, 40 people can kind of hang out, be a spectator and just, you know, you know, observe without participating. And so small groups design, Hey, you get eight, 12 people together. And then, you know, you're kind of, you're on the spot. You gotta, you gotta participate. Right. And so we go to this house, this person's house, we're sitting there and, the, and there was this booklet they had us going through. It was like a conversational topic. Right. And it was how God speaks to people. And, you know, it had this Bible story in it of how God spoke to, uh, I can't remember, it was like uh, Samuel's mother or something like this, and, you know, how God spoke to these people, and, you know, and how does God speak to us today? And then, you know, people are going around the circle, well, you know, uh, I believe God speaks to us like this, or I had this experience recently like that, or I've heard sometimes, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, if you grew up, I grew up in church, so like my, my dad uh, had a conversion experience on the living, uh, the pastor of this church that we'd visited came by and visited my house. My dad grew up in Iran. He was Muslim. And so, and then when he came to America, he was, uh, he was just, you know, not an atheist, but just kind of like, I don't, I don't give a shit about God. Right. I just, I'm here for, I'm here for college and for sports and meet some girls and, you know, I'm, a, I'm I want to be an American, you know, a little bit and in his mind. And so, uh, but my mom had wanted to go to church. So we, they went to this church, visited during some revival service or whatever. So he, that, you know, name was on a visitor card. And so the pastor comes around and basically like shares faith with my dad. And my dad decides to like, uh, ask Jesus into his heart, like a born again, like type of experience. Right. And that happened when I was seven. And so like, uh, my dad today is a pastor of a Baptist church in Dallas which is uh, just a, such an interesting journey. Like, uh, if you ever get him on the show, you'll love it. But uh, but for me, growing up, like, that was just, we grew up in church. Like, that was it. So you went to church. I mean, so you know all the lingo. You know all the right words to say. You know the right answers to all the questions, even if you don't believe it. And, and, and you know, and you would never even think of, like, saying anything different. You're just going to, like, say what you need to say so that the turn passes from you and we can, you know, get over this thing, you know? And my my girlfriend goes... When it gets to her turn, she goes, well, yeah, but how do you know that that's, because like, how does God speak to us, right? And she's like, well, how, how, how do you know that that's just not all bullshit? And everybody's like, you know, it's like, it's like a needle on a record, you know? And, uh, you know, and I was sitting there, was so embarrassed, like, just imagine like, you know, like, just so embarrassed, oh my God, you know, because I told her, I'm like, just, you know, if you don't dig it, like, just, just go with the flow, right? Like, go along to get along. 
And, but it was amazing because the minute she said it, you know, and this moment of horror and all this stuff, and then somebody else chimed in almost immediately, you know, like, yeah, I've been wondering that too. And like, I mean, how do you guys, how, what? And then this other person, well, doesn't the Bible say that? And then before you knew it, you know, and, and, and I guess the takeaway for me is not about like, does God speak to us? Cause I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's more about like when you're real and when you're real with yourself, when you're real with, you know, other people, when you're not like worried about, Oh, what are they going to think about me if I say this or do that or show up this way or whatnot, you open the door for other people to also be real, which is something that I think everybody's craving, like, you know, like, oh, just can I just get into a situation where I can have a real conversation with somebody, you know? So that's a, uh, that's a big thing, man. There's that, that feeling that people can have. And I think you and I are probably really seasoned at it. You know, it's part of sales where you got to get, you got to build rapport. You got to make sure people feel comfortable. You break down that barrier. You're able to move in. And that's just a human skill, you know, being able to actually break down those walls. But I, I would try to do that within some of the bands that I was in with uh, different churches, I try to pull people aside. There'd be certain times where I'd be like, yo man, let's, let's go have a drink. Let's hang out. And they'd be like, I'm not going to drink anything. I'm like, well, that's weird. But do you have a, uh, do you have an actual medical problem? Like, are you allergic <laughs> right. to alcohol? They're like, no, but my mother has said, I'm like, well, I've seen your mother. Um, but that's a whole different story. Um, <laughs> so just trying to break some of that stuff down. I remember there was one time where I was invited over to a party uh, with some people, churchy people, and they uh, they had cards against humanity. I was like, "Well, this is very unchristiany," but okay, like uh, I'm game. I love <laughs> cards against humanity. <laughs> yeah. So uh, at one point, like I could just tell people were unsure of what to do. So I was like, "All yeah. right, cool. So who wants to talk about dead babies and Helen Keller and Adolf Hitler?" And they were like, "It's <gasps> like I'm talking about the game. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? You know?" Right. <laughs> they were like, "I don't know what to do with you." Um, but it's that authenticity, you know? You got to be able to break that shit down and be able to have those conversations. And I'm right there with you. I I have seen that there are some people that they go, "Oh, that's a good question." Yeah, like is that bullshit? Does God actually talk to us? I've been afraid to ask that question. So it does right. take somebody stepping out, being that outlier and going, hold up. Is this bullshit? <gasps> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <it laughs> what do we do? <laughs> yeah. And that's not just religion, but, uh, you know, I see people in their careers that are afraid to talk about things or that's right. their marriages or their relationships or anything. So it's communication. But would you, would you agree that it's actually communication with yourself before it's anything else? A hundred percent. Like, it's a willingness to look at yourself in the mirror and say, like, is this, is what's going on actually what I intended? Mm. You know, like, and, and it's a tough question to ask because, uh, you know, generally speaking, the answer is no. You know, <laughs> I mean, to be real, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I live a pretty great life. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm any victim of anything. Like, I, I, I love what I do. I love, love every, you know, I, I created my life and I, I own it. Right. And there are elements in my life that are not the way I'd like them to be. And mm -hmm. so to what extent am I, you know, and then it's kind of interesting, right? Like you see, you identify those things and you say, okay, well, is that important enough for me to change or not? You know, am I just mm -hmm. kind of willing to accept that because I get this in exchange? Right. Um, and, 
you know, to me, like, I'm not here to judge anybody or be, you know, like nobody can judge me either. I think we're all the same, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, there's only one judge and, and it's not you. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, <laughs> to me, to me, like, I mean, uh, however you want, somebody wants to live their life is fine. Yeah. And, you know, consider the fact that what could your life be like if you actually like confronted the things in your life that aren't the way that you want them to be? You know, there, there, you know, there's at least one thing, the thing that's like blaring at you right now that you don't want to admit that you're thinking about, that's the thing you should start with, whatever that is, <laughs> you know, and just acknowledge. So for step one, it's kind of funny, you know, like my, my current wife and I, you know, like we have, uh, we have two kids, we have a, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, and we have been really, really close friends for a long time. And then we, uh, I won't say we met in like, oh, eight, we got, we didn't date. Uh, we had like a little fling for like, I want to say like two weeks. And then she was like, ah, you know, like you're a disaster. I'm a disaster. <laughs> and we should just like not do this. So, you know, like I was newly divorced and she was like newly out of a relationship. And it was kind of like, ah, this is just, let's just be friends on each other. Right. And mm-hmm. then years later, uh, I proposed to her and we got married like literally the next day. I proposed and we got married the next day. Uh, and uh, we, we'd been dating for like seven or eight months and then just I proposed and we got married the next day on the beach in uh, Miami. It was, it was great. And, uh, and, and we're, we're, I love her to death. Like we're a really great couple. And we argue and fight just like everybody else over different things, right? And sometimes we're on the same page and sometimes we're not. Sometimes it's about the kids. Sometimes it's about each other. Sometimes it's about, you know, persons spending too much time at work, not enough time at Mm -hmm. home, whatever the case may be, you know, uh, you know, Hey, you said yes to that social event, you know, without asking me first. And, you know, that made me feel this way and whatever the case is. Sometimes that's her saying, sometimes it's me saying it, you know, like Mm -hmm. uh, being a little bitch, you know, like, Oh, you hurt my feelings, you know, but being able to say like, Hey, you know, so actually last night was kind of funny last night. (laughs) It's funny. Steered. uh, we, We ended up here. But last night, like, we had one of those conversations. I was like, hey, can we just sit down and talk? Uh, we had kind of this series of arguments over the last, like, uh, you know, actually, like, few weeks that just kind of, like, you know, some arguments where you think they're done, but then they come back in a different argument, and you're like, it's like a mm-hmm. zombie argument. It's like, I thought I killed you already. I thought <laughs> I killed you here. Yeah. <laughs> and you brought a friend. What the, f- <laughs> what the fuck? And so, uh, and so I was just like, Hey, let's just, let's just talk about this. Like, this is not, I mean, I, I could go ahead and say it, like, this is not the kind of environment that I want between us. Like this is, you know, like the, the environment that we feel between us, like we actually are creating that. So like, I, I don't want to create that. Do you want to, no, you want to create it. So what do we have to do to like, uh, let each other off the hook or, you know, stab each other in the face and then let each other off the hook. But you know, at some point we, like, we need to move past this and like, what, what is next? And, and honestly, like, that's one of the things I, for, uh, you know, who Grant Cardone is Nick. Oh yeah. 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 So I was at a Grant Cardone conference one time. This 10 X was, uh, man, maybe 18, maybe 18, 19, something like that. Mm-hmm. I was 18 in uh, Miami. And uh, he and his wife shared the stage, and they were talking about their marriage and some different things. But he said something, and I've I've never forgotten it because it's so powerful. He said that you know they have their conflicts and stuff. He goes, the way that we've been able to move past our conflicts with rapidity and like move forward with velocity as a couple is we don't spend one second talking about the past. Mm. Like, okay, it, it happened, you know. I'm pissed about it. 
I'm ready mm-hmm. to let it go. I'm not ready to let it go. Okay, let me know when you are, right? What is there anything I need to say to let you get past it? Is there anything we need to do? What kind of deal do we need to make, et cetera? But like, there, you know, here's where we are. I'm not going to go back here and relitigate whatever this was. Like, yeah. we're here. We're not happy. What do we do to get on the same page and move forward? And maybe that's mm-hmm. not today. Maybe it's next week. Maybe it's a month from now. Whatever it is, we can do our time. We can whatever need. But we're going to look forward at what needs to happen to move the relationship and the and, and our journey forward. Because that's that's the direction I'm going is forward. Yeah. So I, I love that. Absolutely, <clears throat> that's such a crucial thing. Just to think of a, it's a moving forward together. You know, I, I've heard from a handful of different people over the course of talking to people about, hey, I think we're going to get a divorce, even back years ago, and hey, I think I'm going to get married, you know, that sort of stuff where they're like, biggest thing is communication and understand that it's you both against whatever. It's not you and it against your wife or your wife and it against you. It's you and your wife against the problem and just moving forward with that. Uh that's got to be tough for people. I know I'm sh- sure you just like everybody else have experiences that pop up. And like, oh, I remember when you didn't move that damn thing that I asked you to move that sits in the back of your head and you're like, now nah, I got to fucking move the thing. And then when something comes up, they're like, can you move this? Well, can you move that thing? <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not as stupidly obvious as that is, but there are certain couples that are like that where they hold that. And I, I think that a lot of that gets back to the childhood trauma that they have that they just haven't actually gone through. It's almost like when you eat a lot of shit food and greasy food, then you start popping out pimples. You're like, why am I popping out pimples? Well, all the fucking cheeseburgers you keep throwing down your throat, all the grease is coming out of your face and your neck. Yeah, (laughs) Depends on the burger, but yes, for the most part, I agree with you. Um, But it's, it's just you putting that stuff in your system and then it bubbling out. So how do you and your wife continue to work together to move forward do you both work individually on yourself or is it more of a communal relationship thing that you work on together that's a great question so uh we don't really and we haven't come up with a good strategy <laughs> so uh what i what i found and it's it's almost like it's a what 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 we're committed to is we're committed to uh to being together and being with our kid, raising our kids and being, being a great family. Like we're committed to that. Um, now how we get there is, you know, uh, it's, you know, sometimes it feels like we're doing a great job. Sometimes it, you know, it doesn't. Um, but I have not found, and this is just for us. I don't know if it's even useful to anybody else, but I have not found that like the things that like, Oh, let's take this class together. Cause we've tried that, you know, like, okay. uh, we did, we did, um, there was a period where we were actually like uh, examining, like, do we want to stay? This was a while ago, but you know, mm-hmm. we we went and visited a counselor, you know, and and I was grateful to that guy because I mean, he was he earned his money, man, just sitting and listening to our <laughs> garbage, you know. But it, it it's I don't so we've learned some things, but sometimes like what I've noticed about learning things together, right? Like say say you have a couple they want to read the five love languages, just for an example, which I think is a great yep. book, and everybody ought to read it. <laughs> great. Uh, and sometimes, though, like, you know, like, there's such great insights, right? Like, if you read the book and you realize, oh, man, my love language is this and her love language is that, and uh, if we could just uh, communicate this way, it would that would make everything better, right? Uh, but then most of us fail to take into account that we actually have to learn the new love language. It's like, because the, the way it occurs to us is, oh, I'll just teach my partner how to speak my language and then we'll be good. 
when it's actually like, no, you, you need to learn her language and then you'll be good. Right. Uh, another yeah. Cardone thing that I love is he's like, you know, talking about agreement, right? So in sales, the first thing that you need to do is to come to an agreement. And he goes, that's the hardest thing to do for a lot of people because they think mistakenly that it takes two people to agree. He goes, it only takes one person to agree. <laughs> one person says they think something and the other person can choose to agree or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so I just agree with everything. Right. Which the first time I heard it, I thought, wow, that's so disingenuous. You know, this is such a Cardonism, right? Oh, yeah, I totally agree (laughs) with you, you know? But that's not really like what he, like, as I've put that into practice, like, what I've actually, like, come away with personally is, like, I can agree that that is exactly what you're experiencing. Sure. You know, 100% of the time. And, and the act of me agreeing that you're experiencing that actually helps me to, okay, let me, let me, step into your world for a minute. Like, I don't, I don't walk on this planet. The gravity does not work for me. You know, the, (laughs) the oxygen, nitrogen levels in your atmosphere are actually poisonous to me. Like I don't, (laughs) right. But I can enter your world for a minute, you know, and and that's the only way to actually have a a real conversation is to enter your world for a minute. Like what's Mm. happening in your world, because your world is true for you. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, and if you think about, and I think about that, that, that idea of like your world, like having an atmosphere and gravity and all that stuff, like, like a, a, a visitor to our earth. And I remember war of the worlds, you know, like, I mean, when they show up and then the, the it's the bacteria that kills them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like your world can literally like not only be inhospitable to somebody else, but actually like deadly. And yet it, that's the key is I have to like be able to enter your world and to see what this is like for you in order to yeah. actually like, for us to have any hope of moving through it. And would it be awesome if both people had that same curiosity about each other? Yeah, it would. And it's completely unrealistic. That's not likely to happen, right? So you, if you want to be a master communicator, you have to take the responsibility on yourself to enter other people's worlds. And and you can't view it as, for you, if that experience, if you experience that as like a burden or a chore, man, why am I always the one that have to like, you know, modify the way that I, but that's a totally normal way to think. That's your ego yelling, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's it, sometimes it does suck, right? But it's also a massive opportunity and it's a, and it's an awesome exploit for those of us that are adventurers and explorers and all that stuff. Like that is our Star Trek is to explore other people's worlds, Right. So if you can if you can if you can help yourself to experience it that way, like the experience of life is so much. I really believe is like an interpretation. It's not like what's actually going on. It's how I interpret what's going on, and so I can choose to interpret it however I want. Now my default may be to interpret it this way, but if I can just like, I mean, I'm an adult. I'm responsible for what goes on up here. So if I, why don't I just reprogram myself to experience it this way? You know, does it take practice? Yes. <laughs> Is it a habit? Yeah. Yes. And once once it is, then it's like, oh, you almost have to remind yourself, man, I remember when this sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There are times where you can look back and go, oh, man, I'm bitching and complaining about these things that I dreamt of for years. And then you're like, oh, well, it's just not as good as I wanted it to be right now. And it's a whole different story. And even communication to understand from somebody else's side, like it's easy to judge people, you know, where you're just like, ah. Oh, why are you doing that? Because you instantly think in your own head and you go, I wouldn't want to fucking do that. I wouldn't want to do that thing at all. But or even more, that that's jam. wrong. 
or that's wrong. Yeah, right? totally. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. That's who are you to say wrong. that that's wrong? Do it that way. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and I, I, I think all of this really starts with our communication internally to be able to understand, like, right about when you're about to splurt out, that's wrong. Why? What is it? What's the thing? You know, it might be different. And to get back to the religious thing, there were lots of people in the different churches I was part of that were like that. Like there were some people that would even look up on stage and be like, I don't like what he's doing. I don't like that he's jumping around because mm-hmm. it makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, well, I'm sorry that I'm a musician and I just really enjoy the music. Right. Um, but there are certain things where they would judge about that. Now, it's just an easy thing to look back to because I think a lot of people can look at it and go, yeah, yeah, I've been judged. But we've all judged other people. And it's catching that. Like, know those times, Eric, where you're about to say something and you're like, I can hear this fucking thought coming. And it's coming out. And you're like, oh, no. And you go to grab it. You're like, fuck. <laughs> right to my fingertips. And there it went. That person's looking at you like, you're going to die. Like, yeah. uh, it wasn't supposed to come out. But you start to stretch that and like work that muscle to the point where you can catch it. I'm sure there are even times where maybe in the past week, because I know it's happened to me, where like something's about to pop out and you're like, you catch yeah. it, you pull it back, and you're like, "Yeah, I got that one. Thank God you didn't hear that." You know. Well, one of the most one of the most empowering concepts for me, and I think this is a lot of this is like, uh, you know, what, the realm of what we're talking about is really, um, not so much like does it really work that way, or is that true or not true? It's more like does that does that work for you? So like so like this mm-hmm. idea that I'm about to say like. If you're listening to this, like, just try it on. And if you hate it, then just take it off. Like, it's not a big deal, right? Yeah. But one of the most interesting ways or empowering ways to think about that, that internal voice, um, is that that voice is, I always thought growing up, like that voice was me, right? Like that's, that's the real me in there, you know? And, And then and then the the conscious me filters out what the real me inside wants to say or should say or feels or whatever the case may be. Uh, but the idea that I can't remember where I heard it now, but I think it was in some some book I was reading. But it was like it's like that's not actually you. That's software. That's your that's your biological programming. And if you if you think. Uh, you know, going back to, to, to scripture here, right? So like, if you, if you believe that God created the earth in seven days and, and all that stuff, and you are, you are the pinnacle of God's creation and, and, um, and, and he designed you with, uh, you know, with, uh, in his image and all these other things, right? There's a different line of conversation. We could, we could take that and do the same thing. But on the other hand, if you, uh, if you believe that, um, you know, the earth evolved over billions of years and that humanity has been on this planet for, you know, tens of thousands of years, and only recently, um, I mean, if you think about like e- evolution and the hu- evolution of humanity, like, I mean, we were living in caves, you know, uh, hunting dinosaurs or stegosaurus or Goliaths or whatever it was. Right. And you've got like a little tribe of people, right. That can barely communicate to each other for literally tens of thousands of years. Right. And it's only in the last, like, uh, I mean, when did they first started like, you know, actual big settlements, like the Sumerians and stuff was what, like six, 7,000 years ago. So you're you're talking about like literally like, and, and really modern society. I mean, even a hundred years ago looks so different than it looks today. Right. So the way that we, the way your, your programming up here is designed to keep you alive as a caveman, 
right? It, it's <laughs> the fight or flight response that we have. Like, it's like, oh, that's a saber tooth tiger that could eat me. Run. Let me run this way, right? <laughs> and that's good because that keeps you alive, right? But evolution is not caught up with the 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 evolution of society, and so uh, I get threatened by my wife and I having an argument, and I have abandonment issue that pops up. And because I'm terrified of being abandoned, right, I interpret that as a life or death scenario, and so I react in a certain way, right? That's my programming, right? So one of the things about programming is, like, like the best chance of, keep, you know, for, for, for tens of thousands of years, right, like, humans were squarely, not even in the middle of the food chain, but, like, towards the bottom, right? You've got, like, super predators, like, you know, lions and, you know, tigers and bears and whatnot, right? And oh then you've got, yeah, oh my. And then you've got, and then you've got all these other, th- and then you've got like hyenas, right? And then you've got like vultures, mm. right? And then even below vultures, right? You've got mankind who would then come like after everybody else is done with the carcass, they would come out and like gnaw through the bones to get to the marrow. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's anthropology. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's right. So we're not used to being at the top of the food chain, right? And yet we are at the top of the food chain. And so like, as, as such, it's like, you have this kind of like, uh, you know, um, uh, <laughs> most other animals that are at the top of the food chain, like say a lion or a shark, right? Like they, they're, they, they're totally confident. Like they got it. Right. Like you don't see yeah. it. Right. I mean, they're just totally, I got this, but humanity, like we're always looking over our shoulder. Like, oh, somebody coming to get it. because like, that's, that's been our reality for so long. Right. Mm. And so the, the best, we, we, we can't survive based on our teeth or our unbelievable speed or our muscles, right? We survive because of our brain. And the best way to ensure survival is to be able to predict the future. And the best way to predict the future, because I can't predict the future, like I can't see the future. So your mind is constantly spotting and looking for patterns that predict what's about to happen to you, right? So like, oh, there's a red light. All these cars are going to be slowing down. Oh, you know, this fight is happening. That means she hates me and is about to leave, right? Oh, uh, you know, whatever. And you start, oh, oh, somebody called. Now they're starting to yell at me. This is not going to be good. I need to da-da-da. And your mind is constantly building out these scenarios to protect you, right? But it also doesn't really serve your best interests because you're not really in danger, mm-hmm. Right? So your mind is building out these scenarios to protect you from danger. And at the same time, while that's good and that used to work for us, right, it no longer really works for us. Because like in the society we live in, you know, I'm, I'm assuming you have a lot of entrepreneurs and people watching this podcast that are like, you know, uh, trying to think like, what's the, what, what is the best ways for me to think? How can I accumulate the best ideas? How can I take action quickly? All the, well, all of those things involve massive levels of risk. And you're not likely to take those risks if you're constantly afraid of what could happen. And mm. if you listen to the voice inside your head, you're constantly going to be afraid of what will happen because that's what it's programmed to do. So instead of like trying to get like what, okay, what is the true me? What do I really feel? Dude, just, just create what you're about, right? Use the voice to help you discard it when it doesn't work for you. You know, you can mm-hmm. do math, you've studied, you're an intelligent creature, you have a vision of where you want to go, you can see other people doing what it is that you want to do and being successful at it, 
So there's no reason in the world why you can't be one of those people. What one person can do, mm-hmm. another person can do, right? It's like, uh, you know, that Alec Baldwin movie, the, the, with the bear, the, uh, uh, what's that guy? Uh, tell, um, who's the guy from silence of the lambs. We were just doing, um, uh, the Hopkins, Anthony well, Hopkins and Hopkins, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. yeah. They're in Alaska yeah. and there's a bear. They get like the plane crashes. And they're in the woods for like the whole movie. Okay. But, uh, but at one point, you know, this bear is stalking them and they have no equipment. And so at some point, like, uh, the, 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 uh, Hopkins, who's like, kind of like, uh, this eccentric dude, he reads all these like survival handbooks and stuff. He's like, we can carve a stick that's long enough. We get the bear to charge us. He'll get up on his hind legs and we stick the stick and he'll fall on the stick and impale himself. And Alec Baldwin was like, dude, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And the bear's going to eat us. Like we got to get, you know, we, 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 and, uh, and, and Hopkins is like, look, what one man can do, another man can do like They've done this in the past. This is in this book. We could totally pull it off. We just just work with me here, right? And I always remember that. Dude, like th- that person right over there is doing exactly what you want to be doing and is kicking ass. Have you talked? Mm-hmm. Have you go, go talk to them? Listen to what what are they reading? What are they thinking about? What are they looking at? What resources are they consuming? Like this is not something that's this is not rocket science. They didn't wake up, you know, with the luck of the Irish. Like they worked and put themselves in a position that way, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, or they inherited it from somebody. Great. You know, that we can all make friends. Go go make some rich friends. <laughs> but but do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, you, you touched on the fix and the growth mindset where there are people that in the fixed mindset, they think that, well, if I don't have the skills, then I'll never have the skills and I'll never be able to do that. Then there are the people, the growth minded um, camp, in a sense, where they go, well, if I don't have the skills, well, how do I get the skills? And being able to look at that other person. And it's interesting looking at that other person, you can look and go, do I want to do every single thing that they're doing? No. And I think you need to have those little checkpoints along the way because somebody else's life, even if they're in the exact lane that you would want to be, yours is going to look a little different, at least a little bit different because you're different. Yep. And I think some people will look at that where they go, I want to do what they're doing. I want to make all the money and, you know, live all the life except for these things. And they go, oh, well, I don't want those things. So that's it. And they just give up instead of checking off those little boxes. And it sounded like you were kind of getting to the point where you got to take those little steps because you got to have that first thought to then think of the next thought. You got to work on that first problem to understand that there's another problem past that. Some people will look and go, well, there's a problem here. (sighs) All right. Well, I guess that's done. Yeah. But even before that, you have to allow yourself to imagine what's possible. You know, like, is, is it, is it okay for you to take stock of where you're at and and acknowledge that um, you would like something different. So yeah. first allow yourself that privilege <laughs> of a self-assessment, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then yeah, and then take, t- look and see, like, uh, um, I keep going back to, we're, we're, we're having a filmography here. The, uh, but that in that, in that Silence of the Lambs, uh, he talks about how uh, Buffalo Bill, right? He, he, mm-hmm. he coveted. And what do we covet? We covet what we see, right? So what is it that you can put in front of you to uh, sharpen that appetite, right? To go get whatever it is that is important to you. You know, yeah. you made a great point. You're like, hey, so in order to get what's in, what you think is important to you, you may have to make tr- sacrifices or trades that you're not comfortable with or you, that are not for you. Great. So articulate what those are and be real about it, right? So like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm not, for example, like I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. I'm not willing to spend 80% of my time on the road, just as an example, right? Now, mm-hmm. I have friends that who do what I do or peers of mine, and they are. They're on the road 
you know, 75, three, three, three out of four weeks, right? And they have kids and they've made the decision that that's great for them. And, and again, no judgments, there's no right and wrong. Just for me, I, that's not what I choose to do. And so I have to think, okay, so how can I then show up? Cause I need to create the same connections and the same environment and the same, uh, energy, but somehow without as much of my physical presence out there, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. It, but when you start asking that question, okay, how do I do this is what's important. I'm committed to creating this, right? I'm not attached to this methodology. I'm committed to this. How how mm-hmm. okay, so now you start create how do I create that? Is that possible? Is anybody else doing that? Is there anybody else in another industry doing that? Can I borrow any yeah. ideas from them? Right? Yeah. Um and, and what's great about today, Nick, is like for, to, to me, is that we we can hop on these devices here and literally scour the collective knowledge of of the centuries, you know, like right mm-hmm. now, like if what you're thinking about the problem that you're wrestling with, somebody has already probably thought about it, solved it, and written a blog post about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. You're right. I mean. <laughs> You know, my my wife the other day has these. Uh, I bought her these bone conduction uh, headphones. I don't know if you know, like they sit outside nice. your ear. Yeah. Uh, she she has small ear canals. So the AirPods don't work for her. And so I was like, oh, I found these are really great. And uh, you know, she's got a Samsung uh, phone. And so of course, like it was there's was some goofy thing wasn't working. You know, and I'm like, well, that's another reason you should get an iPhone. You know, and she's like, no, never. <laughs> We have a that's another little debate that we share, but anyway, it was so funny because I'm well, I mean, obviously, somebody must have figured this out that we went online, like you know, put in the, the model number, you know, having trouble connecting to this device, right? And sure enough, here's a here's a forum post buried on some subreddit, open up developer options, change this type. I mean, who would have ever thought tap six times on this thing to open up this menu that's hidden? <laughs> okay, it's like I'm playing Super Mario Brothers now, yeah, am I exactly. like you know, right. <laughs> There's some Easter egg inside my phone I didn't even yeah. know about. But, you know, and literally in like three minutes, it was solved. I mean, we, you know, in the old days, you would have to take the phone back to the store and have some guide, that, right? I mean, we don't have to do any of that yeah. anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, if you think about developers, you know any developers, some of those people are the best at asking great questions to Google. Because they're like, how do we solve this thing? Google, how in the fuck do I solve this thing? Oh, Reddit or whatever. And it you know, moves you in that direction. Um, but that starts with asking the right questions, which is clear communication. Yeah. You know, if you, if you go to your computer, you open up your computer and you go, I want this file. Computer's just going to sit there and look at you, not do a damn thing. Sometimes mm-hmm. we as people do that. Like, I don't understand why I'm upset. And then they're just more pissed. Right. They just continue to move down that path. And it's like, I don't get it. I don't understand. Instead of flipping it around and going, well, what is it? What's the deal? Yeah. And kind of asking those questions and going through it. That reminds me of that, uh, just as a quick aside, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> the the Cheshire Cat is one of my yeah. favorite. You know, when she approaches the fork in the road and the cat's there and she's like, please, Mr. Cat, can you tell me which way to go? And he goes, well, I, <laughs> so which road should I take? Oh, that all depends on where you want to go. And she goes, well, I, I don't really, I, I don't really know where I want to go. He's like, Oh, well then either road will do just fine. <laughs> yeah. Back to the hookah. <laughs> yeah. I, it is as simple as that, man. That's a very good point. Um, because if we, if we just toss out, well, I want to go somewhere. Well, great. We're just going to go somewhere. 
Now, I have conversations with people that get really deep into goals. They're like, I know exactly what I want to do. And they go after all these things and do all that. And I've actually been thinking recently that I really enjoy goals and goal setting, setting stuff up and going, you know, I want to go around this direction. But on that similar, almost Christian or religious line, I feel like God opens up doors for us as we continue to move through. So I may have a goal in mind where I'm like, I want to do this thing roughly about this time. And these are the numbers I want, whatever. Uh, Then most times that'll get blown way out of the water because I'll start moving through it. Other opportunities will come up and you start looking for the opportunities instead of looking at, well, I want this result and that's Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Where you can just be focused on, I can see the mountain, but you miss all the shit that's along the way. And there's a lot of treasure within that. So I want to touch on, you work with a couple hundred reps. Right. I would imagine Pareto principle kind of falls into that. Just like everything else, there's an 80-20 rule. You yeah. have 20% that are kicking ass, 80% are doing all right. And there's probably three or 4% where you're like, I don't, I don't know how he ties his shoe in, his, in the morning. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> I no, I love them all, man. In the morning. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Appreciate that. This is recorded. I understand. Yeah, you bet. Um, you bet. If you're listening, I love you. You're that, great. <laughs> yes. You. You know who you are. <laughs> um, and on that, you know, you got to love all those people for where they're at and kind of work with them for where they are. But with those people that you talk to, how do you help them, the ones that are in the tough spot, work on them themselves and work on their mindsets? So, yeah, great question. Um, well, the first thing is, you know, just hitting on goals for a minute is I don't really, because I've, uh, I've discovered the same thing as you. Like, uh, I've set goals. I've chased them. I've hit some. I've failed on others. And, um, and along the way of trying to achieve some, I discovered something that was, you know, even better than changed course, right? And so... Um, and I've also gotten distracted with things and then never completed, you know? So, um, but the thing about a really good goal is not about where you get, uh, you know, it's not like, Oh, I, I'm setting this destination. And I, I remember taking a motorcycle ride to, uh, so I, I ride a, um, a VTX, it's a Honda 1800 CC, uh, a 109 cubic inch, uh, engine, you know, big bike. And I rode it from Austin all the way out to Malibu. California one time, you know, so you set this down. Okay. I'm, I'm going to the beach. Right. And I don't really care. I mean, this was actually, I just uh, started a web development company and, uh, I was just kind of like, uh, you know, I had some clients, I could take care of them along the way. I was like, I don't know, ride for a couple hours, set up in some coffee shop or at a bar or whatever, do some work, you know, pick, stay in a hotel. Like I'll just take, take my time. It took me six days to get out there. And then it took me another like three days to get back, you know, when I came back and, um, but it wasn't about, you know, it's not about the destination. It's about who you have to become to try to hit that goal, right? It's not like, oh, uh, it's not the goal that's interesting. Like, you know, like, oh, my goal is $10 million. My goal is $20 million, whatever. You know, if, you're, if your goal is $10 million and you can do that in an afternoon and this other person's goal is a million dollars, but it takes them intense focus for like three months, right? Well, at the end of it, did you, did you actually become anyone different, you know? Cause if you didn't, like, I, I would just argue, like, I mean, who, who cares, bro? Like, I mean, I, I poured a bowl of cereal <laughs> and ate point. it this morning. Right? I mean, who cares? You know, like I, that doesn't take any talent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just, uh, that, that's the first thing. So, uh, if, if the goal isn't going to call you into a, 
a higher level of existence, then I just, why bother? You know? Um, yeah. so, but then, okay, how do I help? So w- one thing about helping my agents is to first realize like who actually needs help. So sometimes the agents that are, let's say on the bottom of the production report are not actually the agents that actually need help. Like maybe they're part-time agents. Maybe they, right. Maybe they, maybe, maybe they, they don't even do this business, but they, you know, we're trying it out for a minute. Right. Or maybe, uh, maybe they're a wealth advisor and they, you know, this is one of their three cases every single year, you know, or you see what I'm saying? It's, it's about the people that are, that are not happy with where they are. Right. And it's not about not happy. They're not satisfied. Like where I am, I, I'm better than that, right? So if if that's if that's where you are, and it, it goes back to what, what I was saying before, like okay, where would you like to be? What are you willing to give up to get there? Because you will have to give something up. Like there's that's physics. So you know <laughs> you, that's physics. That's not. I saw a shirt one time. Was it South, South by Southwest? This is years ago, and it said, you know, you know how like Christians will say, you know, I believe everything happens for a reason. You know, and uh, the shirt said that, said, I believe everything happens for a reason. And then on the back, it said, and most of the time, that reason is physics. <laughs> but, but it's true. Like you can't, you will have to give something up to get where to, to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. And so are, what are you willing to do? And then, and then uh, are you willing to be held accountable to, because at the end of the day, the the I'm reading Atomic Habits right now. So by the way, anybody that's on here that nice. not, has not read the amazing book, and he talks about in there like you set a goal because you want to know where you're going. It's critical. But after you set the goal, then you're like, okay, break down. What does that mean? What do I have to do every single day? So I want to lose 20 pounds. What does that mean? I need to eat this way. I need to eat this for breakfast. Eat this for lunch. Go to dinner here. Go to the gym. Right? Whatever the things are, you have a you have a series of new habits that you're going to try to build. And he's got all these things in the book about how to you know. T- I'm not even going to bore you with them here, but they're great tactics on how to how to hack basically your habits, which is a phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely best $19 I think I spent on Audible this year. <laughs> and it's just, but it's great. And so, but at the end of the day, then you can forget about the goal because who cares about the 20 pounds? It's about who you're becoming by enacting these habits, right? Like I'm becoming a healthy person, you know, I'm uh, right. And that, that is, uh, you know, I mean, that's something you can get proud about, you know, that's something that you, yeah. that, that alters your identity, you know, not just some place you want to go, but some person that you have become, you know, because you, because you chase that. It's all, it's the journey. And I think the older we get and the more stuff that we go through and experience, maybe part of it is the amount of experiences. When you think of atomic habits, even habit stacking and kind of working through that stuff, experience stacking is a real thing as well. Cause you start to add these experiences together and it can lead you to a negative or a positive where you go, Oh, well, this thing has happened so many times. This is the negative outcome that patterns will show me happen or the positive outcome that comes out of that and looking at where you want to go and what you want to do i think you're right you got to pivot every so often keep thinking and we we've tossed out different books and movies uh, i went back through and reread the alchemist for, i don't know oh yeah great fifth book. time or yeah. whatever yeah it was one of those books um i don't know if you do this but you'll walk past your um your bookshelves Every once in a while, something will like almost say something to you. I may be a super nerd, but yeah, where you're like, hey, like what? And I look over and I'm like, what's me, Santiago? You want to go on a little trip again? (laughs) Sure, bro. Let's do this. You know, (laughs) Santiago. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, the, even with that, like he thought, I want to go this direction, I want to do these things, and knew he wanted to go toward the pyramids the entire time. But all of it was different than what he thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to manage that mindset as you move through it. And we're at <laughs> close to an hour already. This is a good I, one, dude. I think we got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, this has been great. We may need to do a part two, three, four, or five. We'll figure that out later. Um, all right, man. I'm down. I, I want to be mindful of the time, uh, not just your time, but our audience's time. I appreciate everybody listening to this. Uh, what one piece of advice? would you give to somebody that's on their path towards self-mastery? Mm, um, just keep moving. Just keep moving. And, and, and you know, uh, be, uh, be gracious, you know, with yourself. You know, uh, I, I'm not saying be easy on yourself. Like, be, be tough on Show yourself. Grace. That's good. When you're tough on yourself, yeah. life's a lot easier on you. You know, I've learned that. <laughs> but, but, like, be gracious with yourself. Like, it's okay. You're a human being. You're going to fuck up. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You know, you're going to quit. You're going to want to quit, and then you're going to quit. And then, you know, it's all about, <laughs> did, did you get back up, and are you, are you still moving, you know? And, you know, there's a there's a song that I absolutely love that came out last. I'm trying to remember who sings it, but it's, uh, uh, I think it's Matt Smith here in Austin. But it's, it, you can't put me in the ground, you know? You, you can't. It, there's, there's there, I, I was watching this documentary one time about uh, uh, Van Halen, you know, Sammy Hagar, and this was after Hagar, you know, had, had his uh, 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 solo career and then, you know, kind of cratered and, you know, uh, <laughs> then he tried to come back and they wouldn't have him. I don't know what the drama was there. But anyway, he's being interviewed on VH1, you know, the rockumentary that where are they now or whatever. Yeah. And this interviewer is asking, well, Sammy, I mean, uh, man, you know, like uh, this is, uh, man, I mean, so, you know, you got kicked out of Van Halen, solo careers in the toilet, da, da, da. And it, basically asking him the question, like the framing it. And you can see Hagar is just getting pissed, you know, like <laughs> – He's like, he's like, so, I mean, like, I mean, what's next for you, Sammy? I mean, like, are you going to be all right? Like, what's next? You know, and Sammy goes, let me tell you something. <laughs> he goes, you could take away all my clothes, all my possessions. You could load me into a helicopter, fly me into the desert and drop me in the sand. And I'll tell you one thing, I'd come back. <laughs> and that's it, man. Just right keep on. Moving. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Keep moving. Keep moving. So uh, where can people connect with you, Eric? Oh yeah, so um, I'm on I'm on all the social platforms. Um, I used to live in Washington D.C. and now I don't. So my handle is DC Offline. So uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. I think it's all the same. DC Offline. Good stuff, man. Well, again, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. Another great conversation on today's episode of the Mindset and Self Mastery Show. Just keep moving. We all have those days when we just want to give up or not even get the fuck out of bed. Think about those days when you did and those incredible things that happened. Never mind the bullshit negativity from the other stuff that happened. Just keep moving. I think that's such an incredible thing for us to remember is that we just need to keep moving. So what did you think? I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topics we got into today. And if you enjoyed the episode, please jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. And if you really enjoyed the show, go ahead and share it with some friends or family, just people you know and love. We covered a lot of ground today on this conversation. 
And you can check out the show notes for more info, and contact info for Eric, and check out other episodes on the Mindset and TheMindsetAndSelfMasteryShow.com, as well as our YouTube channel. Just go over to YouTube and look up The Mindset and Self Mastery Show. You'll see a ton of stuff there. And thanks again, Eric, for being real, for being honest, for being vulnerable with us, and for making us laugh a bunch. And to you, thank you for spending time with us. It really, really means the world to me. And with that, remember, your mindset matters, and so do you.